And I think there are some people that saw Samantha Jones and Sex and the City and saw Olivia Pope and Scandal and thought, oh my God, this is the most interesting, glamorous, right in the center of everything job. I've got to go do it. And then they go to do it and it's really hard and it's very unglamorous. Hey, Path Listener. I'm Ryan Roslansky, the CEO of LinkedIn. On this podcast, we talk to the world's business leaders about the twists and turns of their careers. But today we're trying something a little different. We created the path because one of the most requested features on LinkedIn was a tool that would map out the typical career path. But the truth is, there is no such thing as a typical career path. But the second most requested feature at LinkedIn is a feature to give more of a real life view about what it's like to do a specific role or be in a specific job. So today, we're diving into one specific field, communications which is one of the fastest growing occupations in the world. I've invited my friend, Shannon Brayton, the Chief Marketing Officer of Bessemer Venture Partners to come and talk to us about it. Plus, LinkedIn Editor-in-Chief Dan Roth will also be joining us to help break down everything you might wanna know about a life in communications. You'll hear from them in just a minute. Stick around. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I've known Shannon Brayton for over 20 years. There's nobody else like her. Shannon has left her market companies like Yahoo!, eBay, OpenTable, and even right here at LinkedIn as CMO, playing a crucial role in elevating our brand. Today, she's the CMO of Bessemer Venture Partners, one of the largest VC firms in the country, where she continues her marketing and communications work, not only for the firm, but also for its 300 portfolio companies. Throughout her career, Shannon has redefined what a professional in communications does, skillfully merging functions from social media management, marketing, and external and internal communications. But why are we even focusing on communications? According to LinkedIn's Jobs on the Rise report, which is the list of the 25 fastest growing job titles, external communications manager ranks pretty high up there. So how does one even get into the industry? Shannon tells us how she got started. So I was an executive assistant at Intuit in 1994, and I was the executive assistant to the head of marketing. And marketing and PR worked really closely together, even though they sat in different organizations. And the PR person who ran the team basically always got to interrupt meetings and always seemed very busy and important. I saw this busy and important person and I'm like, that is what I want to do. And of course, I had literally no idea what the function was, but it was that ethos that she had and that she brought to the job and brought to the room that I was super attracted to. I ended up getting a call one day from the head of PR and said, you know, I've heard you'd be really good at PR. And I was like, oh, great. And literally that night I was like, (laughs) what is it actually? And what I have come to realize, it's a super complex, interesting job. I've seen almost every issue known to the human race inside of a company that is a challenge. And I absolutely love it, but it does come at a cost. And that's one of the things I wanted to make sure I mentioned today for anybody considering a career in communications. 
So, so Shannon, um, you said a couple of words. You said communications. You said PR. We talk about it in a lot of like. If you could just shape like this space, how would you how would you think about it or talk about it? I think twenty, you know, twenty thirty years ago, PR was really PR people taking reporters out to a three martini lunch. Let's just like <laughs> put the stereotype out there to try to get your company or your leader or something covered in a positive light. And that is not at all what it is now. It has morphed dramatically over the last few decades. And I honestly, I know I'm a little bit biased, but I honestly think it's one of the most important roles inside of a company now. And part of that is because you're really at sort of the center of anything going on at a company that's really wonderful or that's really terrible. And so you have to bring a certain ethos to that, knowing that you are going to be privy to a lot of really important stuff on the positive side and on the negative side too. So when you craft it, I would say it's gone from PR, which stood for public relations. It has really morphed to communications, which is a full on huge part of a company or a leader's brand. And so communications now entails everything. When you think about social media, when you do still think about media relations, when you think about internal communications that ends up becoming external, how do you talk to your employees? How does every message land? How does your site feel? What do you say in an event? It's all encompassing now. And I think that's what's really changed is it's gone from this, go take the story to a reporter to go influence the way that this company is thought about in the world. Yeah, and which, I mean, look, in leading a company right now, it feels like that's actually everything. I mean, everything you do internally these days, you know, tends to actually be, become uh, external. Anything you say anywhere on social media reflects back on who you are um, and the company. And it's, it's you know, it's probably one of the reasons why we see in the data this role is is actually growing at a faster pace than most roles uh, across LinkedIn. I especially think even in a hybrid environment, um, you know, the words you say, how you communicate, where you communicate, the blend between internal and external communication, um, you know, those lines are blurring right now. So this, this role feels like it's becoming more important than ever. Shannon, you talked about being, you know, this, what attracted you to this was someone being able to walk into a meeting and grab the CEO and pull him out. And this idea of urgency and being at the center of everything and of being able to react in real time as being exciting for you. Do you think that those are the kind of skills or the kind of interest that people have to have to get into this role? Do people, should it be someone who wants to, I mean, for a lot of people that would have been, I want to run away. I don't want to be in the center for you. It was like, that's me. I want to be that person. How do you think about the kind of person who is right for this role? It's a great question because it is very personality driven. What I described might sound like an absolute nightmare to somebody. That's exactly right. And I think for most of the people who are in those roles now and have ascended to the top, they probably do gravitate toward that. The type of person I believe makes a really good comms person is someone that really understands context. And that every conversation I can tell you that I've had over the last 27 years about some issue that someone has come to me with, again, positive or negative, they all start with, so let me let me give you some context. It's never exactly as it seems. And so you have to understand where all these dots connect. You have to know what questions to ask to get to the real root of what's going on. You have to be a truth teller because somebody might tell you, oh, I need you to tell this story to the about the company. It's like, no, that actually does not, it's not gonna work. And actually that's not true. So somebody that actually has some truth-telling capabilities to them and also 
are not scared to back down from a leader who tells them, no, I want you to go do this. If you really have high integrity in the role, you will tell somebody, no, that actually is not something I'm going to go do. Here's why it's bad for the company. And here's why I'm not going to do it. So you have to have a truth teller element to it, to your personality. And I feel that's really important for you to know if you are that person or not. Going along with being a truth teller, you have to be really direct. And I think both of you know this very well about me. I am very direct. And part of it goes back to what I initially said, this speed and acceleration and pace of these jobs, I don't actually have a ton of time to sit around and ask you non-direct questions because there are 10 tweets happening right now talking about the thing you're asking me to deal with, and I've got to get right to the point with you. So you have to have a lot of comfort with being direct with people who are more senior. The other thing I would say super important in somebody is you really have to be trustworthy and you have to be really comfortable with very confidential information. So you have to know you might be dealing with something, you know that like three of your very good friends at the company are going to get laid off and you have to compartmentalize and keep your friendships with those people the same before you actually end up figuring out that they're part of the layoff and what you're going to say to them. And you have to have an unbelievable part of your brain that can turn off when you're dealing with something ugly. And I feel like compartmentalization is something that really happens as you get more senior, but it's something really critical in a comms person. So you have to be able to be interested in everything. You have to be able to move with urgency. You have to know what the truth is, but be able to keep the truth from other people uh, until it actually comes out. That seems like a pretty narrow um, you know, group of people. I, I assume there's other people who come into this, though, that want to do this job and then flame out. Are there certain characteristics you see of someone who doesn't make it in comms? I do know there's a few traits. Um, people who have big mouths and want to feel like information is power and then sort of use it in a way that does not bode well for the company, the team, or the leader of the company. I think the people who are not unflappable in difficult situations flame out in comms because they realize everyone looks to you. You're sort of the signal sender. And if you look freaked out, then everyone around you is going to be freaked out. So as a leader of comms, you have to be incredibly unflappable. And so some people aren't good at being the poker face or aren't good under pressure. And those are people who probably could take a pretty low stress comms job. But someone who's going to be in a high stress comms job needs to really understand the importance of keeping it all together and always depicting a picture of confidence and calm. The other thing, Dan, I just want to say too, um, my last point on what doesn't work, the ability to be flexible and have like your mother's 65th birthday trip, just as an example, hypothetical, of course, be ruined by a comms issue that has come up. You have to be ready to deal with something and always have something go not the way you exactly planned or have an incredible number two that could take over just the way you would. That's really, really important is the sacrifice that gets made when you're a comms leader. Shannon, this is, I mean, do you think that someone is born with those those traits and abilities to be successful as a comms leader? Or can can those be are those skills that can be taught, do you think? I think they can be taught. Actually, before you answer, before yeah. you answer, every time Dan asks a question, you say, great question. And when I ask a question, you don't say anything. You just answer. So I'm just putting that out there. Ryan, that is the most insightful question oh, I've ever heard great. in the history thanks. of thanks. my life, actually. Um, by the way, I always recommend that people not say 
That's a good question. So the fact that I said it twice to Dan has been bothering me since I did it. So let's edit that out ASAP, if not sooner. Ryan, that insightful question leads me to tell you, I think you can learn a few of these things on the margin, honestly, but some of the things I outlined for you are really hardwired and they're personality driven. And some of them are kind of the way you were raised and the circumstances in which you were raised. And so, you know, for me, I feel like there were situations as a young kid where I had to sort of always depict the idea that everything was going to be fine. And so that really translated well to the job I ended up choosing. I think you can learn over time how to do that, but some people are just prone to drama and prone to reacting and prone to inflexibility. And those are things that, yes, on the margin can be worked on, but I think a lot of them, honestly, are quite innate. These days, I see so many professionals pivot jobs and industries with completely different backgrounds because so many of their skills were easily transferable. Take communication roles. Our data shows that people in these jobs studied a host of different things. Journalism, political science, English, business, and psychology. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll dive into the specific skills it takes to actually be good at this job. Stick around. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome back. LinkedIn data shows us the most common skills for a comms professional are social media, writing press releases, and copywriting. But those are hard skills, things you can learn. But there are also a host of soft skills you need in order to succeed in comms. Relationship building is one of them. And that's something Shannon is great at which reminds me of a little embarrassing story of a time she saved me from a comms nightmare by using her people skills. I'm going to use a story um, that makes me look horrible, but how you saved me once, which was, I was at a... I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose one of my many favorite stories. I was at a dinner maybe five or six, seven years ago. I'm sitting next to a reporter, and the reporter had asked me a question about, um, you know, what's it like to work for at the time? You know, our boss was Jeff Weiner, the CEO of LinkedIn, and uh, who I, you know, nothing but the most respect for. And I had just come off of a uh, week long vacation. And what was fresh in my mind is that my wife and I during that vacation talked a lot about how it's so nice that, you know, Jeff doesn't, you know, knows you're on vacation and is able to kind of like, you know, route emails around you and everything else. So in trying to like talk about how great this was, I said to the something to the reporter along the lines of like, hey, it was great. I was just on vacation. And instead of waking up to, you know, dozens of emails, you know, from the CEO, I was able to, you know, really relax. And he's such a great leader and he's able to understand this. And the reporter's like, oh. Wait a second. Your email, your CEO emailed you like dozens of times every uh, every morning. That sounds like a great story. And like you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm panicking, etc. And then you went in and and kind of saved it. But I think you saved it because 
you had worked on building relationships with so many of these people that you're able to go in and do that. So what I'm trying to get to is like that relationship building skill with reporters, with the press, where you can go in and save me that says something stupid. How how important is that in the role today? Relationship building with reporters is super, super important. I mean, I and the irony of all ironies is that reporters just generally don't trust PR people and PR mm -hmm. people don't trust reporters. Yeah. So going back to my point on being a truth teller, I think reporters knew with me that I was never going to not tell them the truth. You know, I mean, obviously there were things that we had to be careful about how you massaged it and how you delivered it and how it was messaged. But at the end of the day, I never told a reporter a lie. And they knew that about me. And I built a lot of trust that way. And then it went both ways because I could call a reporter and say, you know, what Ryan meant was actually this. And that's not a story I would ever want you to tell. And the reporter goes, OK, you're right. And we end it and you move on. The relationship piece is great for telling a bunch of great stories. It's also really helpful for making stories go away that you don't want running. So I always sort of structured it in a way where the top 10 reporters in tech or the top 10 reporters in whatever area I was looking after at whatever company, I had a relationship on speed dial back in the day when there was such a thing with those 10 people. That was really important to me that I felt like the people that mattered most to my company were people that I had a close relationship with, many of whom I'm still really close friends with now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just wonderful to watch how many people everywhere that I go know and talk about you. And I think those relationships over time, you know, seem like something that are critically important to having someone be successful in a communications role. So Shannon, I was going to ask you the uh, a different version of that question or sort of from a different angle, which is how a do better you one. deal yeah. with... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and cut out Ryan's question. And here's the real way we'll talk about it. No, I want the full, we're going to get the full picture. You're dealing with the pressure, dealing with relationships with these people outside, but you also have to deal with the relationships internally. And I'm curious how, I've always wondered, how do you as a comms professional explain or deal with um, executives who want you to shape a story in a certain way that you don't actually have control of. Someone else is writing or producing the story and you can influence, you have relationships, but in the end, it's not up to you to, you're not writing the words, you're not controlling it, they are gonna do what they wanna do. So internally, how do you set expectations or how do you deal when a negative story comes out and someone comes to you and they're furious? You said the exact phrase I was going to say, which is you just have to manage expectations. There's been plenty of times, by the way, where I've gotten a call that's like, hi, I'll be writing this story and we're looking for your comment. The story's already done. The opinion's already there. It's all baked and it's a, a done deal. If you don't do your diligence of making sure that the right people impacted by the story in some way know that this is coming out, you tell them what you tried to do, what you think might have happened or who gave them the idea for the story that's about as good as you can do. And trying to get a statement in there, if it's really gonna run, like how do you get some statement in there that neutralizes a piece of it? It's managing expectations. If it's one thing I've learned, executives hate being surprised. And so I always tried to operate around that. Even if I was mortified, oh my God, the story is gonna run. As long as I made sure people knew it was coming and what we tried to do to neutralize it, that was about as good as it could be. And then try to get ahead of it as fast as you can when it comes out so they're not reading it without your context provided. So it's unfortunate, happens all the time, but I think if you can manage people internally and not have them shocked in some way, you gain yourself a little bit of credibility. Shannon, I mean, obviously the role has changed um, kind of through social media. Um, you know, anyone can be 
sharing anything on LinkedIn or um, X or whatever. What's your gut on like the next few years? And have you thought at all about how, do you think AI impacts this role? AI is going to obviously majorly impact content creation. No doubt about it. Um, AI is going to impact the way that PR gets measured. No doubt. Like the smart company is trying to figure out how do you actually go take mm. AI, figure out exactly what message pull through is yeah. going through. It's usually done manually for God's sakes. Like there's a definite AI component that I think could disrupt this whole thing. I don't think AI is ever going to truly change the relationship between a savvy leader yeah. at a PR of a PR team and a yeah. great reporter. That dynamic is not going to change. And I think that you have to still put that sort of at the forefront of your mind. If you decide you want to be a comms person, you're, you should be engaging with your top 10 reporters on a regular basis, never to be replaced by AI. Maybe AI gets you two on a calendar on a regular basis or does something tricky to get you together. But I actually don't think it's going to fundamentally change the relationship that needs to happen to have the company perceived in a certain way. Yeah, that human component will never go away. And kind of what we talked about previously, that's really one of the most critical and important parts of the job. So Shannon, is this a job that you would recommend to people? I would. I absolutely would. But I said this up front, it's not for everybody. And I think there are some people that saw Samantha Jones and Sex and the City and saw Olivia Pope in Scandal and thought, oh my God, this is the most interesting, glamorous right in the center of everything job, I've got to go do it. And then they go to do it and it's really hard and it's very unglamorous and it's a big sacrifice. And so I think you really have to know what you're signing up for when you get into it, especially as you ascend the ladder. So here's my takeaway. There is no industry out there that doesn't have a communications expert behind the scenes setting up narratives and telling the stories of a brand. That's why it landed on our Jobs on the Rise report meaning there's tons of opportunity in the world of comms, whether you're early in your career or considering a mid-career pivot. It's the skills that make the job, not the area of study or the resume. For comms, can you build relationships? Can you write well? Can you be a truth teller? If you have this, then maybe you have what it takes to be a great communications professional. Thanks to the team behind the scenes that helped build this podcast. We'll be back soon with some more interviews.